0: Welcome to today's episode here at the and Health Solutions Podcast. And today we have a very special guest, Imtiaz Kabir. This man has over 15 years of knowledge coming from working with people in the fitness space. He also has a degree in biology and he knows a lot about getting people into peak physical condition. So check out today's episode and be sure to listen to it till the end because it is a good one. All right, let's dive in. Before we get started one more thing if you want to get any pe gear be sure to check out totalmanshop.com that is totalmanshop.com and use the promo code mhs2020 promo code is mhs2020 and get 12% off be sure to check out their wide variety of all kinds of good quality pe equipment all right and that's promo code MHS2020 for 12% off. And the website, once again, is totalmanshop.com. Welcome to today's episode here at Mask and Health Solutions podcast. I got MTS here who's going to shed some light on some physical development for men more than anything um different topics that we want to get into and uh we're just gonna dive right in all right MTS tell me a little bit more about yourself just so uh my followers know a little bit more about you hey thanks for having me on your show
1: CJ um so in general I am a strength and conditioning coach I've been in this industry for over 15 plus years I've been an athlete I've been a coach I've been kind of in all different sectors of the industry both physique athletics general population uh, children I've had a chance to coach a variety of people, so I've got a lot of experience that uh, has shown me that what's out in the fitness industry now is a uh, majority of it's bullshit, and we need people to step up and, and provide the correct information. Uh, so that's my mission now. My mission is to help people demystify that stuff and actually make a
0: lasting difference rather than go through the cycles they keep going through, just up and down, up and down. Excellent now that you mentioned that um one one question i got is one of the big what's one of the biggest bs uh or, or scams that you see that's coming out of the fitness industry right off the bat right off the bat i mean it's got to be the quick fixes
1: immediately yeah. every single program is a quick fix immediately it's a 14 day guaranteed results or or seven day whatever it's like hold on a second if you know anything about human physiology which i've studied extensively at university you know, my, 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 my degree is in um, biology, the human biology. So it's I've studied that thing inside and out. It's like you don't make lasting changes in seven days or 14 days, <laughs> right? If they marketed it, I say, here's my thing with fitness marketing. They're dishonest, right? They'll tell you, yeah, you can lose 20 pounds in seven days, something stupid like that. But if they instead market it as, you know, change your habits in seven days, that's more real. That That I can get, you know, I can get behind that. So a big component of what I've done over the last you know, five to 10 years is study the psychology of human beings, change yes. psychology. How do people change? What makes them tick? What makes them decide to do one thing versus the other? And when I studied that, I discovered that, you know, the marketing is what keeps getting people to fall for the same thing again and again with different coaches and different trainers.
0: So it's almost a psychology and I guess the way they market things. It seems counterintuitive, but it makes sense because they use the same ploys and the same plots to kind of get us to buy the same thing. It's kind of if you buy this or you do that, then you'll have the success that you're looking for. So they kind of play at our they tug at our heartstrings a bit to kind of get us to go in the way that they want to spend money. But I totally agree with you because I see I think the last one I saw was three weeks to abs. I'm like, and they show a guy <laughs> that going from like 40% body fat down to seven percent shredded, looked like he was stage ready. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> Do you see that too on your side? I, I didn't see that specific ad, but I just saw somebody uh, launch a
1: seven-day ab program. It's like, <laughs> what are you selling to people? Like, come on.
0: I mean, the only way I think that you might get abs in seven days is if you go on an extreme drive fast or something, but no, I don't, I'm i pretty sure you die at the end of that. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you
1: my experience with seven-day abs, okay? So I'm in the military as well, so I serve in the reserves. Okay. So uh, when you go into, you know, some intensive training courses over the summers and whatnot, uh, you start to realize how quickly your body weight drops. So, for example, when I went to basic training, I walked in at about 198 pounds. Uh, roughly a month and a half, maybe two months later, I'm 160. Damn. Like, I was, you know, like if somebody goes through that kind of rigorous labor and training, yeah, I can see that happening. Or the other way you're doing it, which is how the professionals do it, is they're taking, you know, steroids and other supplements to help them with it. Yeah. And the third way, which is what I've personally used with a lot of my athlete clients, a lot of my fighters, is we do a water cut. I mean, you want yeah, visible abs. I can get you, you know, shredded to a certain point, uh, you know, just before you die, essentially, in, in seven <laughs> days, no problem. But the moment you start eating and drinking, which you are going to have to do, it all comes back. Yeah. So it's, uh, that's, that's, that's my biggest thing. When I see these quick fix programs,
0: I'm like, okay, the, redo your marketing, please. <laughs> or marketing away with truth, but I guess they kind of find the uh, different ways to get away with it. That brings me to another question. What's kind of the number one issue you see with guys right now that's suffering physically, or the guys that come to you looking for help? Like, what's the biggest issue? Chronic stress, chronic stress. It's at the
1: root of all their problems, seemingly, right? I mean, you talk about performance in the gym, performance in the bedroom, performance in life, performance at work. Men are chronically stressed. And there's a few reasons for this, right? One, they're physically out of shape. Men are not what they used to be. You know, the phrase that men are soft. Nowadays, men are very soft. It's kind of true. We've lost that edge to our our manhood because we don't have to push ourselves physically as much anymore. We don't have to go out to get things. We don't have to go hunt for resources or mates. It's kind of all there. Even mate selections online now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, we don't have to hunt, essentially. So we've gotten soft physically. Mentally, we've gotten soft because, you know, we we're just discussing this before the recording started, that there's a culture of, you know, hating on men right now yeah anyone who's masculine or traditionally masculine if you would for some reason there's a subset of people out there who just hate on them Uh, instead of understanding what it means to be a man and there's different definitions of it so there's that attack on men so a lot of men because they don't have resources they fall to that they fall to the criticism and they get softer they don't know how to handle things in life anymore and it's sad because men have so much to offer society if they step up just like women i say the same thing about women women who step into their femininity have so much to offer who said a feminine woman can't be a ceo right no, who said no. a feminine woman can't be a mother same thing who said a masculine man can't be a ceo and love being a ceo and a power guy or yeah. who said uh, a masculine man can't be just a dad and yeah. that's his main thing right so the problem is the demonization of men has led them to get really soft and i see that even more because being in the military i see the hard edge i live the hard edge so it's like oh damn there's a difference when you come to side. it's like oh men are soft they can't take criticism anymore it's a different world now
0: that's I 100% agree with you and it's it's weird too because you see the society and I kind of I guess one thing I remind my kids when they're growing up because I got two boys right and I'm like you know you get pushed down get back up man like that's right yeah. and I talk to him I'm like no nah, man up man like and if that if you have a teacher that finds that disrespectful I right? so be it man like man up I gotta raise two boys you know have that edge you know I love what you just said. You said man up. And
1: and now if you say that out in like social media, you get criticized for it.
0: Exactly. So it's kind of like thing. they want to grab you by the balls for saying something that's, that's. I, I don't know. And the weirdest one to me, I mean, I just saw this yesterday where they said instead of celebrating Mother's Day, let's celebrate Childbearing Person Day. And I'm like, no, nah, oh man, God. That's, that's Mother's awesome. Day. Like, yeah. no, nah, that to me, that that's almost like that's sacred, man, that's sacrilegious. <laughs> you know, that's just something that you don't do and when my wife heard that she's like excuse me child she's like i am a mother i am a woman And i'm like damn straight right like that's right and there should we should celebrate that more in our culture so you think that's one thing that's probably contributing to like the stress of just that your average dude as well like just the fact that you know that lack of identity
1: yeah absolutely you hit it right on the nail it's a lack of identity men don't know what it's like to be a man anymore right the ones who do get criticized hard like it's as crazy as thing in society. So when a man doesn't have a, a, a signpost, a guide that he can follow to say, Okay, what is a man supposed to be or do? And like I said, there's different definitions. So one of them will fit you, right? When they don't have that guide, it's easy for them to get super stressed out not know what to do in situations get criticized on top of that. Right. And on top of this, on top of all of this, try on top, the overt um, pressure on men to perform a certain way based on societal standards, usually by feminists or women who are you know very vocal out there that doesn't help ladies if you're listening (laughs) men have self-esteem issues just the same you do we just don't bring it out to the surface as much we hurt on the inside right we're built not to show that emotion like you guys are so please understand when you start criticizing men or saying you're not good enough or you don't make enough money or you're not tall enough or whatever else It really breaks down the men in your life, in your society. And that leads to a weaker society. We've seen that again and again. When you start to make men more like women and women more like men, society
0: doesn't do very well. It's proven. It's been studied. So please screw it up. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I kind of feel like we need that balance. It's kind of like your yin to your yang and all that. And it's interesting that you said, you know, the celebration of a feminine woman is, is a wonderful thing, right? And a feminine woman is a strong woman man like my wife is very feminine she celebrates her femininity Mm -hmm. and she's a proud mother but that doesn't mean that she's just going to get trampled on or believe you know a lot of things that's coming down the pipe from society right which is I 100% agree with you with that one thing that um I was just thinking about how do you think fitness plays a role into helping define men Uh, it's it's probably let me put it this way
1: I don't want to overhype it, but I think it's the most important component of what defines the modern man because of the lack of fitness. Gotcha. Right. It's probably the thing that's missing the most. I'm a father. I have two daughters, right? So yeah. I have a husband, I got two daughters. So, I've been through the different phases of being a man, you know, son, friend, you know, fiance, husband, etc. All throughout the whole time, the one thing that I've kept constant and it's paid off dividends for me is fitness. And gotcha. this is why on a physical level, when men are moving, you know, there's a reason biologically men are different from women. Men are given certain biological conditions and traits, so they can do certain kinds of things in society, we have more testosterone, we have more aggression in our personality, it's there for a purpose, right? When men don't get to do that, when when men don't get to utilize these things that are biologically inherent in them, right, so i.e., go out there, do something physical, like a sport or go work out. It softens men, not just physically, but mentally, right? So there's a physical component. On the mental edge, if you never push yourself, if you never challenge yourself, how do you know what you're worth? And men are always competing, right? For something or the other. We're either competing with each other or with something else. Like, that's our nature. If we're not competing in the gym to get the next rep, to get the next weight up, like, you never understand what it is like to face challenges and come out of it, which further softens men. So this is a big problem. When men have allowed themselves to get soft with their fitness habits, they've just let it all go it leads to a cascading set of issues that we don't really see until it's too late then you get people with life lifetime diseases diabetes obesity these things these are all preventable if only men specifically men would step up to their own plate and say no i'm going to make my health and fitness a priority
0: gotcha 100 percent agree with you with that i mean for me the biggest pay i guess the one thing that I would say has been the most beneficial for me from, from working out since I was like, I don't know, 13 years old, right? Like, I just I fell in love with the gym. But the number one thing that I could say has had the most carryover and the most impact in my life is just the discipline you take away from it, man. Where it's just like, you know what, I got to go to the gym. I got to do this. And I didn't even know how the brain worked at the time. But it's almost like, you know what, I developed this habit. And now I cannot live without it. Like, I need to do this. But it's something positive. So it's getting... I'm getting a wicked return on investment on this right and it just comes from me constantly doing the same thing over and over again but constantly getting better at it too right and they don't make
1: two things in this world anymore right they don't make more time no nope. at your health you can't make better health even if you improve your health today it will not be the same as you 10 years ago it's just not going to be that yeah right? so you know i'll give you an example today <laughs> today was a perfect example so i got my COVID vaccination like last week like a week ago okay and I happen to be one of those people that has severe side effects from it, like super flu, like side effects, body chills, pain. I'm like, Oh, this slept for 20 painful. hours. <laughs> oh my God. So suffering. So I'm like, okay. I wanted to curl up in bed and take a nap before I got on the show with you. Yeah. But I said to myself, you know what, what would I do if I was in the gym right now? Cause I've trained when I was, I was sick or whatever. I've done it. Um, what would I do if I was in the gym? Would I just quit and go home or would I go for that next rep and say, you know, not up, let's go. Right. So same thing. It's that discipline, like you said, from being in the gym, from doing
0: the things you need to be doing that transfers over to every other aspect of life. Exactly. It's almost like the mindset you develop, right? It's 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 almost like sure you're leveling up and you're doing these reps, you're doing these sets, but it's almost just the mindset that you develop when it when you do it. You know, it's just constantly going out there and I'm doing it again and I'm doing it again. I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding to the point where it's just like it becomes second nature. And regardless yeah. of whether it's like, I got to go to work or I got to take care of my kids, get my kids ready. it just, it carries over into every aspect of life, which is why I think it's as beneficial as, as it is and why I think so many men need it. But that being said, what do you think is the biggest thing that's holding men back from being completely healthy right now? Because you probably hear the most, you know, like, I don't have time or, you know, I don't have money. Like, what do you think is the biggest thing that's really holding them back? The truth. A couple of things. There's two one is fitness marketing and I keep coming back to this because
1: it's such an insidious damn thing <laughs> so when I get a, a man coming to me a guy coming to me and saying hey you know what I want to get you know bigger stronger leaner I want to be fit whatever for whatever reason whether it's sport life or whatnot if I tell them hey okay so I've got like a 12-week program that you can go through or like a 24-week program sometimes they might say oh I don't have the time or I don't have the fill in the blank resource money time whatever yeah but if I tell them hey, I've got a seven-day program that's going to get you shredded to the bone, <laughs> they'll always have the time. So it's, it's, again, that fitness marketing, it's gotten into people's heads so much, and it's not their fault. It's not that they want to believe it. It's just that's all they see. You go to YouTube, you see the likes of Chris Harrier, you see uh, uh, V Shred, oh, all, these, v shred all, these, like, all these people who are just I mean, terrible influences for the normal average person. Right? Yeah. You see bodybuilders selling stuff to normal people. It doesn't make any sense. So there's the fitness marketing aspect. The second thing is a, a lack of belief because they don't have the role models in society. Like if a guy like you, CJ, for example, walks up to somebody and says, "You know, I want to talk to you about your health and fitness. I think you could do better. They look at you and they're like, you know what? Yeah, I, I think I can because they see you. They see that you live the thing. You live the message. You live the truth. You're, yeah. you're about helping people. But you don't see people like you out there. You see people who are shredded to the gills selling you something always selling you something so it always keeps coming back to that fitness marketing this is a big part of my mission in my podcast i talk about this how you know my my goal is to put the message out there but also to bring people on my show and spread their message because we've we have to counter this marketing we have to give people a fair chance at deciding for themselves after that is their responsibility
0: yeah but it's almost like you got to get them to fall in love with the the process, which is something that a lot of people just don't want to do. It's almost like it's the opposite. And I kind of feel that life is always about the journey, right? And yeah. and that's kind of where the magic happens, like your Don Quixote kind of style life, right? You got to go to make this adventure happen for yourself. But the adventure and the beauty of it is the process of, of whatever it is that you want to attain. And I kind of feel that nowadays, nobody actually wants to go through the process. They just want to find a shortcut. Like, I don't know if you if if you've seen this, too, but like when I was a trainer and I'd be in there working out and I'd be talking to these guys and I'd be like, yeah, man, if you do this, you know, focus on your compound movements, you know, build some Mm -hmm. mass like this, that he's like, oh, I'm just going to do my own thing with my buddy. Right. And (laughs) two weeks later, this guy shows up, he's put on about 20 pounds of muscle mass. I'm like, "What, what, what are you and your buddy up to, man? Like, and he's like, oh, man, you know, started started taking some of that juice, man. (laughs) and six months later this guy's depressed suffering from side effects and now he's got gyno and i'm like well why don't you just you know stick to a program for about a year and you probably would have got there it would have taken you a little bit longer but you're a newbie like why'd you jump to something as drastic as that you know and and it's something that i feel that just happening with this younger generation where it's almost like that instant gratification like i need it now i'm like why don't you slow down man
1: It's, it's it comes back to role models right we what we see is what we emulate my daughter's uh, my elder one she my eldest daughter she's five and since she was maybe one one and a half I've been working out a lot more at home I hate working out at home just oh, like, yeah, I, me too. <laughs> the gym is my place it's my place of just this is me aggression on let's go you know yeah but I've been doing a lot more home workouts not for any other reason but to show her hey staying healthy regularly active regularly is the lifestyle there is no alternative here you just must do it until it becomes second nature and now when i work out she's there like she brings her own mat and she's like ready to go. And it's like, if you can make if you can normalize that if you can normalize the hard work the journey like you said then it, it's not you know someone like that doesn't get influenced by the quick fixes later on they know hey it's just about doing the compound movements doing this basic stuff over and over adjusting as we go and lo and
0: behold you'll get where you need to go that's the way progressive overload works which i always yep progressive overload is like something i always talk about in pe or or just you know phys- your normal mm-hmm. physical development it's just you need that but it's it's something that i find that that's nothing that carries on into life man like oh that's too easy or you want to climb up the corporate ladder well that's fantastic right now you're at step one in order for you to get it to step five you got to get it mm-hmm. through step two three four five right and it's the same thing if you want to get your deadlift up i'm like well don't worry about pulling 400 pounds if you can't yeah. get past 200 pounds with a good form let's work on that like you're arcing your back a little bit too much you know Why don't we slow down and look at the fundamentals, fix that before you can progress, right? And like I said before, I just feel like this generation, and I think a lot of men just in general suffer with that too, where it's almost like, I just want to do what I saw on YouTube yesterday.
1: I'll tell you a story about a client I just trained recently. So I ran a 12-week program, and everybody coming in had the typical goal, oh, i want to lose 10 pounds, 15 pounds, whatever, right? So I'm like, all right, you guys get ready to be shocked. It's not that. So not only did, did most of the people lose, you know, up to eight to 10 pounds there. However, this one guy, he had never done a program before. He'd never done coaching before. I've known him since I was one year old. Like he's, wow. like, I, I go way <laughs> back with this guy. So he, he kept coming in and insisting that, oh, I want to focus on the weight, on the weight, on the weight. And he wasn't seeing the weight fluctuate. And I asked him, so, okay, like when we do the intake forms, what's his calorie intake? It's like 1300 calories. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like buddy we got to get you up like that's that's like starvation <laughs> level and he, he had such a hard time with it he had such a hard time grasping the fact that oh I'm going to eat more I'm going to gain weight temporarily but it's going to come down eventually he couldn't process that even as he did it and I was like wow like this is a perfect example of how people are so brainwashed by what they see they think that oh it just takes me 14 days to get shredded abs or 10 days to get bigger or whatever they don't realize it takes hard work and it's not exactly a straight line Sometimes you got a zig and then zag.
0: Yeah. Well, that's another thing that I was learning about too. It's like the metabolic damage that you see from a lot of people with these, um, Oh, what are they called again? Like the fad diets, right? It's like, buddy mm-hmm. tries keto this week, then he did a carb cycle next week, then he did a three day fast, and then he threw in like the grapefruit diet or whatever. <laughs> and long term, like that's one thing that I had actually started reading about now is metabolic damage that you can do to your body and how it's actually harder for you to lose weight or even maintain muscle mass because you've done all these diets that you didn't really need to do if you just stuck to one. I don't know, take one, for example, like let's say you tried keto and you're like, okay, maybe I'll start off with 2200 calories and slowly start to dial it back from there mm-hmm. or do a carb cycle. Like I love carb cycling. That like That's kind of my yeah. go-to because I'm like, you want to get shredded, man? It's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Granted, low carb days kind of suck, but <laughs> it's effective. <laughs> you know, you throw in some IF with that. And I think it's, you know, it's this perfect recipe if you want to make sure you know exactly what's going on with your calories. But it's like you say, man, like a lot of people we'll see some like the grapefruit diet, which I didn't know was a real diet where I think you just eat like a grapefruit and like a peanut or something. And that's yeah. your diet. And you're supposed to lose the tons of weight with it. And over time, you start to see, you know, it, it rears its ugly head, you know, five years later down the road, which is mind boggling to me. And, uh, you know, all, all of these perceptions people have on
1: certain diets and nutrition is something that I studied deeply as well. I have a very in, you know, invested interest in it because it's it's something everybody does. Everybody's going to eat. We so have to. we should probably get a good idea of how to eat and one of the most common things you see with these fad nutrition diets that people get on and off of is they're psychologically not happy with themselves at a different level it it doesn't have anything to do with their fitness there's something else that they're not happy about whether it's their inability to be disciplined or where they are in life or a relationship they have with somebody it's something else every single time i take people to nutrition programs It's like, when I start digging into that, it's like, oh, wait, so you and your mom have a very, you know, terrible relationship, you guys fight all the time. Well, there you go, Cortisol's up there. How are you going to lose fat if you're always stressed out? So forget everything, fix that first, you know, get a handle on your stress. And then we talk about the diet type and you hit it right on the head. It's way better for people to pick one diet and do that for a while. doesn't matter which one, do one for a while and make adjustments. And then after a long period of time, if it's time to change it up, okay, change it up.
0: Yeah, which is... Grant, I think that kind of goes against everything that they're marketing to you constantly. Like, it's funny you brought a V shred. I'm like, oh man, this fool, man. Like I was watching that guy try to give deadlift advice. And he's like, if you do this, you know, you'll be able to deadlift like three plates. And I'm like, dude, man, you're not even lifting properly, but he looks very sexy. You know, ladies probably love him. You know, he's got his Mm -hmm. shirt off. He's got his abs out, but this guy doesn't know, like he doesn't have a clue about actually like lifting weights or, or, or actually training people, so to speak. So but it kind of falls into the same narrative of this is what we're telling you. This is what you should consume. You know what you buy, this program it's going to cost you 80 bucks. It's probably not going to work. So you're going to buy the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. Uh,
1: something I did in my early days of being a personal trainer is well, that's when online training started to become a thing for the first time. And I said, okay, you know what? I want to see what these coaches are all about. So I actually paid a coach. He used to charge. I remember his name was Manny. He used to charge $50 for a full program, diet training, everything. Damn. So, You know, so I was like, okay, he's super cheap. He's obviously making money. He's printing money. So I'm like, all right, let me see what he's got. Let me check it out. I ordered it from, I paid money from my own pockets just to see it. And literally all it is, is everything was between eight to 12 reps and about five to six sets of each exercise. Okay. So super high volume. And then each workout day, which is about four or five days a week, you have about eight to 10 exercises each day. Wow. Like that's a recipe for rhabdomyosis. That's a recipe for overtraining. That's a recipe yeah. for you to hold on to more body fat because you're, you're, the human body, the human organism it, it is an adaptation machine. The only thing it cares about is survival. It doesn't care about fat loss, muscle gain, nothing. Survival. It will do everything in its power to survive. So if See you start that, messing yeah. with it and stressing it out, which is why I said stress is the biggest problem. You stress it out too much,
0: it's going to shut everything else down and say, screw you, I'm all about survival, deal with it. And it's almost like when you mentioned that, too, I I tried one of those programs one time and I just found that my like my central nervous system was just it was tweaked, man. And then at the end of it, I started like straining random muscles that I would never, Mm. you know, I would I would never have gotten strains from before, like hamstring strains, calf strains. I'm like, why? What's happening to me, man? It's just it's you're overdoing it. Right. But a lot of those cookie cutter programs, like if you want a good hypertrophy program, you know, scale it back a little bit. But the one thing that I think is missing too, like, and as a personal trainer, which I've seen with the online training space, it's almost like they don't really necessarily care. about. And I'm not gonna say everybody, because there's a lot of great trainers out there. But like, yeah. But one thing you do find with the generic kind of like follow this program, program mm-hmm. XYZ is that it's not tailor made for that person's needs. So how is that person truly going to benefit from it? if If he's got I don't know, scoliosis or something, right? Mm-hmm. But you're going to tell him that, oh yeah, focus on chest day every day. It's like, well, maybe that's not a good thing. You know, maybe we should focus on stretching, you know, his back and, and you know, doing different things to make sure that you can actually assess the pro- problems that people have as individuals instead of just a blanket, just do eight to 15 reps, man. Don't stop. Don't give up. CT Fletcher, overtraining. <laughs> oh Lord, I love CT Fletcher for his motivational stuff, but damn, that guy overtrains. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's kind of like you remember Rich Piano when he came out. Oh yeah, Rich Piano. <laughs> I, try, I try to do his eight-hour program. Yeah, rest in peace, man. <laughs> oh, boy, you know a lot of the stuff that these guys preach. Like I think it does look very sexy on YouTube, and it looks very cool and all that. And I think a lot of young men buy 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 into that. Like myself, man. Like I tried out the eight-hour. I was it, the eight-hour arm program, I think, but only yeah. did it for three hours, and I'm like, I've had enough of this, man. Yeah. It's like gain an inch in 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 eight hours, it's ridiculous, man.
1: I've uh, I've tried a couple of programs uh, from these guys too, just to you know. I, I said to myself, give them a fair shake, give them a fair shot. Like, don't 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 talk trash about them until you try it. So I put myself through it, and then when I did my own powerlifting program, so I had a phase where I did powerlifting for a bit. Uh, I got more arm gains out of my powerlifting program, just deadlifting shit. The- Like specific arm day, you know what I mean? Like it's it's the basic science, the basic nutrition, the basic physiology has not changed, but we get sold on the idea that this one new magical pill, formula, method is the solution. It's not. I tell every single one of my clients before they train with me, listen. What I'm going to tell you is basic science. If you came here expecting a magical combination of things, a magical this and that, it doesn't exist. You're going to do the same damn thing someone who's 20 years into the business or into into training is going to do. Just the difference is I'm going to tweak it differently for the two of you. It's slightly different, but both of you are going to end up doing some kind of a press, either a bench, a push, a dumbbell, you know, variations. But it's the same thing. Physiology hasn't changed. So why should we change the methods? It's just about customizing
0: it. One question I got for you. What's the worst diet you think you've ever tried? Ooh, worst diet I've ever tried personally.
1: I would have to say, so, okay, there's a bit of a gray area. I'd have to say it's the starvation style diets. Okay. Okay. So there's some diets out there. So, you know, grapefruit diet and, and tea, uh, sorry, lemon juice diet aside, because those are, I don't even consider those diets. That's just. I don't know what that is, but uh, starvation-based <laughs> diets where it's essentially, okay, you gorge yourself one day and you starve the next two days, right? You completely restrict calories. Okay. Days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I think that's probably the worst because it has the most danger to the individual. Okay. Right? What is that? Okay. So let's compare diets to give a context here. So let's say you take the keto diet, right? Yep. High levels of fat, mid to high protein, depending on your, you know, uh, the style you're doing, uh, very low carbs. Okay. Awesome. You compare that to something like a starvation diet in the starvation diet let's say monday is your eating day so you're eating you know anywhere from five six eight thousand calories a day whatever you can stuff in your face you eat then you go tuesday wednesday you're you're very low calorie barely anything juices and all the the cleanse type stuff right Yeah, yeah your detox cleanse (laughs) so what that does to your body is it signals to your body that okay one day i'm getting an abundance of food which i don't know what to do with because i can only process so many calories in a given 24-hour period right? The rest of that stuff is either going to go to fat stores or be excreted out. And that's a high level stress for the system. Your gut should not be stressed that much. So you do that on Monday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, you're the polar opposite. You're completely shutting down the calorie intake to barely livable amounts. And your body says, well, yesterday you did that. So I was expecting more calories today. Where is it? It's not there. Yeah. So what you're telling your body is, is it's either feast or famine. And if you look at historical evidence, you know, human beings who had to go through famines and whatnot, you know, I think it was in Ireland and Scotland where they had the potato famine or something like that, where they didn't yeah. have carbs or something. You know what I mean? Like, you, you study those evolutionary situ- circumstances and you start to realize the moment people go through that, it changes them at a genetic level.
0: It does, It's yeah. no
1: longer just, you know, muscle tissue. This. It's a genetic change. And what the body goes off into is survival mode. It says, you know what? Stop everything. I don't care about weight loss, fat loss, nothing. I'm in in fact going to put on fat because I don't know what you're doing with your eating cycle. I don't know when the next feeding is. If it's not predictable, it's not good enough for me. Store. Right. So if you go to keto diet, for example, as much as I like to rag on it quite a bit, (laughs) um, (laughs) compared to a starvation diet, keto diet is not bad. At least you're getting nutrients. It's just a matter of the ratios and balances. Yeah. Yeah. So I think starvation diet is probably the worst
0: one. And, um, I don't know. The one that I tried was the vegan diet, man. And mm-hmm. I was not a big fan of that. I saw my strength go down, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, I'm not a hater on veganism. That's kind of why I tried it, but mm-hmm. like you, you watch that movie game changers. Yeah. Yeah. i the, the vegan diet. Yeah. Where, they, where they were, they were preaching about how like, you know, it helped their PRs go up, endurance went up and all that. But I found for myself, man, like it was a complete opposite. I felt like crap the whole time. I didn't really, I wasn't getting enough protein. So I just kind of gave up with that. And, um, i went back to carb cycling when i do want to you know get cut for summer and that's kind of been my go-to but for yourself what do you think is the best diet then or best eating style i guess eating style so for me personally what's worked the absolute best has been a combination
1: of fasting and carb cycling carb cycling for me as well it's just been like the gold standard so far money man Things might change as I age because I'm in my 30s now. And it's like, all right, (laughs) things are changing. I'm not as athletic as I used to be. However, carb cycling uh, and calorie cycling with it has been phenomenal. And fasting for sure. Anytime I need a cleanse or a reset or anything of that sort, I go right to fasting. It's been proven. It's time tested. We're evolutionarily designed to be in a fasted state. Uh, And in fact, what I end up doing is when I do my fasting periods, uh, my fasting phases, I go into a semi-keto diet. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I I combine the two because it makes sense. I have a shorter eating window. Eating more fats means I can get more calories in without overstressing my system with a high volume of food. Win-win
0: situation. That's perfect. And that's the thing too. It's kind of like, because I'll combine it. Sometimes on my low-carb day, I might even throw in like a 24-hour fast. Mm -hmm. But what I'll do is, you know, I'll I'll be in my low-carb cycle, right? So I'll do like one day low-carb, next day I'll fast, and I'll break the next day or break the fast next day with another low-carb day. So that way I'm kind of still in ketosis anyways. And I don't find that it's as fatiguing either. Like, I find that you can kind of just roll with it. And it makes sense, yeah. as you said, right? Because it's kind of, if you're going to do four days low carb, I mean, I do three, but if you do four and you, you fast or, or you do IF in the middle, man, it almost feels yeah. like it doesn't even affect you. It just feels like you're just kind of gliding along, man. It makes the process yeah. easier. Do you do, do you do IF and uh, prolonged fasting too, or...? So I try to avoid prolonged
1: fasting for me just because of my lifestyle. So I train uh regularly enough where prolonged fasting just doesn't feel good. Okay. Uh, because I I'm, I I stay very busy, so I'm either doing martial arts or I'm doing weightlifting or you know whatever. Something. I I try not to go without carbs for too long. However, having said that, if anybody wants to do it or does it, it's phenomenal for you. Like
0: if you go like 24, 36 hours on a, on, a, on a fast, ooh, it's great for you. It feels good, man. <laughs> like the longest I've ever done is a 72 hour fast. Yeah. And um, it's one of the things you mentioned in your last podcast as well that I was listening to. And it's true, you feel that inflammation go down. It's almost like I feel my body just feels lighter. And obviously, I don't have any food in me, right. But that being said, it's almost like I do feel that the inflammation, like I felt my joints feel better. My, It almost feels like my circulation, everything just kind of flows better. And I kind of feel like you got to give your body a break from food every now and again. Hence the reason why, I mean, I read about ancient cultures and you'd be hard pressed to find an ancient culture that didn't practice fasting, which kind of goes to show it's like there may be something more behind this. And as far as health and longevity, I, I think it's phenomenal, man. Just take a day off from eating, you know, on a day off or a nice show day. The human body's
1: designed we've evolved to be in a fasted state that's what people don't realize especially in western countries where we have so much overabundance of food we got uber at every corner like we can get food and drinks anytime we want uh we are evolutionarily designed to sustain through fasted periods of time that is why we store body fat right nothing is by accident everything happens for a reason and the reason we store body fat is as fuel so when people tell me that oh you know i can't do if i'm gonna do the detox tea cleanse by xyz (laughs) person I'm like are you are you mental like your body will cleanse itself so I'll give you my my personal example I'm on the second last day of fasting so uh, you know okay. I'm fasting for Ramadan, Ramadan. so yeah. we usually fast 29 or 30 days this year is going to go 30 days so tomorrow's my last day of fasting so in combination with my fasting which is essentially a dry fast from sunrise to sunset no water okay. no food nothing right it's very challenging however with a, with that and the combination of a pseudo keto diet I call it my pseudo keto diet <laughs> I'm not keto but I'm like in it's the a hybrid edge. yeah it's good enough for me it gives me a good enough you know balance of carbs that doesn't wreck my mood combination of that alone zero exercise this past month and a half i'm gonna say oh wow i lost 10 pounds and not muscle fat like okay maybe like two percent muscle maybe yeah this is i was looking at myself in the mirror and i said oh my body fat's gone down significantly let's weigh myself <laughs> I wasn't even trying to do it, but this is what happens. Your human body is so good. If you know how to work with it,
0: it'll give you the results the best way possible and hold on to it. Exactly. No, it's 100% true, but we're of got to wrap it up now. And the one question yeah. I want to want to get from you right before we leave is what's the one thing that you wish you knew when you had started your fitness journey? One thing that I wish I knew when I started my
1: own fitness journey uh, was to try different things. but Try one thing for a while. Ooh, that's right. Good. When I started, just like anybody else, when I was an athlete, I got sucked into the different programs, and I was going through it. Now, thank God, I was younger then; my body could handle that kind of flexibility. Yeah. But imagine if I had stuck with, let's say, the starting strength program for like a year. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Imagine the gains I would have made. And this is saying something because all my athletic career, I competed with people at the highest level, almost national level. I had national level athletes in certain sports I was competing with. And I was taking them on and without any formal coaching and anything, that's because I was a driven athlete. So I tell myself, imagine if I could just dedicate myself to a specific program and most importantly, get a coach. Like I regret, I never had a proper strength training coach to like, you know, later in life. I was like, oh man, a coach makes such a huge difference. They can take you from where you are to where you need
0: to be in a beautiful way because they see things that you will not. hundred percent agree with you, man, because, you look at any professional athlete they got a team of coaches Mm -hmm. what does that tell you you know and i 100 percent agree with you i think one of the biggest things for all of us it's almost we get overconfident in our abilities or we think we're better than we are and it's almost like i don't need a coach i don't need a trainer yet you know ronnie coleman or (laughs) you know sean take take your pick man the greatest bodybuilder out there he's got a coach you know why is that Rowley Winkler's got a seven-year-old woman that tells him what to do, you know. There's a reason for that. You know, wisdom, I think, comes in many different from many different places, but you almost have to humble yourself to realize that, nah, hey, I'm in the same spot as you, man. When I was younger, I, I thought the same way.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a guy thing, and I get that. I totally get it. I just wish, you know. I, I know, I know the difference a coach made in my life and then later what I did to my
0: athletes and people I trained. So I'm like, you know what? I just wish I could have done that earlier. Roger that, man. So, where can we find you? And uh, where's your podcast at? Tell us more about yourself. And yeah, my... absolutely. So, I uh, quick little story. Um, I shut
1: down my entire online presence two and a half years ago. Okay. I, I didn't want to compete with the you know half naked fitness influencers. I just, I just, I just didn't want to be in that industry. However, coming back with a vengeance now because I just can't sit on the sidelines anymore. I'm yeah. rebuilding my entire brand. So, my website is being built right now. It's going to be specialstrengthtraining.com. Okay. Uh, it should be live in about a week. But uh, you can also find me on Instagram if you look up at Special Strength Fitness. So I'm Special getting that up and live today. in uh, basically the next couple of days. If you guys want to reach me, you can always send me an email at hello at mtiazkabir.com. I'll spell that. It's I-M-T-I-A-Z-K-A-B-I-R.com. So those are the best ways to reach me. You can, of course, find me on Facebook as well and, and just send me a
0: friend request. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap for today, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Mtiaz, it was a pleasure having you. That was a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that's all for today's episode. Very enlightening one. It was a pleasure having MTS here. And again, if you want to get in contact with him, be sure to check him out or just hit him up at hello at MTiazKabir.com. That's hello at I M T I A-Z k-a-b-i-r.com all right guys and again um he'll have his website up and running very very soon and i'll be sure to have him on as a guest all right i hope you enjoyed enjoy today's episode stay safe stay strong until the next one